0: Yo, yo, what up? This is Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board, and I have a special guest today. I have another one-on-one pre-draft interview, and my guest is Iverson Molinar, the Panamanian boring scoring machine who has a great story about how he got from Panama to this point. Stay tuned. Thank you and shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day and just overall just made this podcast a success. It really means a lot to me and my other co-hosts. So thank you so much. All right. Here we go. As promised, Iverson Molinar. Yo, yo, what up? It's Raphael, NBA Big Board. I got a special guest. I got Iverson Molinar. Thank you for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing? I appreciate it. All right, so you have one of the more interesting backgrounds out of everybody in this draft class. You're from Panama. Mm -hmm. When I think of Panama, I think of baseball. (laughs) Yeah. How did you end up playing basketball and getting to the states?
1: Man, first of all, you know, I tried. I tried every sport, you know, because you know, basketball's not really big in Panama. So you know, I tried. uh, I tried baseball. I played tennis too. Um, I played soccer and. You know, then I played basketball, of course, since I was five, so I basically just stuck with, uh, you know, soccer and basketball, throughout like, my whole year. And um, then probably when I was 12, you know, I decided to just, like, you know, leave uh, soccer and then just stick, stick with basketball and take it more serious. That's when I started going to high school. I went to high school for one year, and, you know, my school was the basketball school, so, you know, I went there and started playing basketball the whole time, so... Um, you know, my family, my family did a good job too. My family, you know, my parents, uh, my dad is, you know, it's a basketball fan, like okay. you know, a real big fan. You know, that's where Iverson come from because right. he was a fan of Iverson, yeah. and um, you know, he always, he always did a great job. Was just, you know, taking me to like courts and, you know, working me out and, you know, taking me from here and there. And then I just, I just grew up loving basketball.
0: So yeah, your, your path is, it's not the traditional path. So if if Panama is not, like, a a basketball country, how did you, like, develop the skills? Because I've I've spent some time overseas, and I know, like, if basketball is not the main sport in the country, it's difficult to find competitive games.
1: Well, my dad, you know, my dad, you know, we had a, we actually had a court, but, like, the court was, it wasn't like a, you know, hardwood, it was like a, you know, like an actual floor, like, it was actual... You know, concrete, actually. Yeah. Um, and um, it's like, you know, it's like three or four minutes walking from my house. So mm-hmm. um, it was in a neighborhood. So we always went there and, you know, worked out. And, you know, I, that was basically it. You know, my dad, um, my dad, you know, just, I was just, I was around with a basketball. And um, you know, when I told you I went to high school and, um, you know, and then started playing basketball. So, you know, I just, I felt like I had the right, you know, the right uh, people and, you know, the right places to go and play basketball.
0: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I'll get back to your your background a little bit, mm-hmm. but how does it feel, man? You're preparing for the NBA draft. Has it hit you yet that you're
1: you're here? You're Look, prepared? yes, yes, and no. Like you know, not sometimes. Like it really hit me. Like man, like I'm really you know chasing my dream. I'm working mm-hmm. out. I'm working out with Penny, Boncy Wells, Rasheed Wallace. Like you know, mm-hmm. who would who would have thought that you know I came coming from Panama. I didn't even think about that, you know, Mm -hmm. coming, you know, my first year from Panama. Like, you know, I feel like it's a blessing, Um, you know, it hits me now and then. But sometimes, you know, I'm just so elected in the work that, you know, I sometimes forget to, like, you know, remind myself that, you know, I come from Panama and, you know, not a lot of people from Panama did it.
0: Yep. I I know. I mean, I can relate in my own story of you're so focused on what's next that sometimes you forget to appreciate Mm -hmm. the moment. Yeah. And so... Um, I could imagine, you know, every kid dreams of being in the NBA, yeah. being in this position that you're in, mm-hmm. and and you're close. Mm-hmm. And so you had a couple, not a couple, but you had good years at Mississippi State. Yep. I feel like you still are kind of under the radar in a sense. Mm. And um, I mean, like for me, I didn't really pay attention to you until last year yeah that's when I you know I, I paid attention to your game mm-hmm. and uh I'm a fan man I like how I, I like to describe you as sneaky athletic <laughs> so when I first watch yeah. you play it your game isn't based off of being athletic
1: yeah yeah
0: but then it's like you'll make a couple plays and I'm like I gotta rewind that did he really just <laughs> finish
1: on that so yeah yeah
0: describe like your your college career how you got to this point
1: um, it's been a journey, man. Um, um, you know, I was, I feel like I was just one of the players that was gym rats. You know, I, you know, I was in the gym every, uh, every day, you know, I picked up the pieces of, you know, everything my coaches had to say. And, you know, just little by little, you know, I improve 1% every day and, you know, I still got a lot to improve, but, uh, you know, and then I'm willing to take that, you know, I'm willing to take the challenge and what I got to learn, what I got to get better and then, you know, perfect it. You know, not just not just learn something and you know just add to my bag, but I want to learn something and master it. So, yeah, my college career was you know it was crazy. You know, for my freshman year, not starting, I started the first couple games and then you know by the end of the season I didn't start. You know, that that definitely you know definitely took a hit from me because you know I was young. You know, I came from from high school and you know I was you know like every you know every high school star you know is used to you know, having the ball in their hands and, um, you know, just doing the play, scoring. So, um, my first year, you know, I just learned that, you know, that, uh, you know, every position matters. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a role player, you know, you just got to get in do your job and then you just get out and then let the others do the thing. So that was my first year. And, um, then my second year, you know, I had the ball a little bit on my hands, a little more, you know, I was sharing the ball with DJ Stewart, DJ Stewart and me, and, um, you know, we feel like we did a pretty good job my second year. You know, I did a pretty good job, you know, shooting the ball, um, scoring. Um, you know, I improved. I think from my freshman year to my uh, sophomore year, I think I improved like, what's it, was, I think it's like one of the biggest jumps in the SEC for like, yeah. you know, like 10 years. I think like, you know, I jumped from 5.4 to like, you know, 16.8. Yeah. So, um, and then on that, my. Third year, my junior year, you know, I, I really increased my turn uh, to turnover ratio. Um, I feel like, you know, from averaging, averaging like, you know, 1.8 my sophomore year to like 3.4. So, and then my turnovers was like, you know, the lowest in my high school career. Like, you know, if you sum up, you know, you sum up my first year and my second year, like my third year was like, you know, less than that. So yeah. it's pretty good.
0: Like One of the knocks was Mm -hmm. that people wanted to see you play a point guard role and improve your assist to turnover ratio. Mm -hmm. You did that. Mm -hmm. But then the three-point percentage went down. Mm -hmm. And so if you just look at the numbers on paper, it looks like you went down significantly. But with context, there's a difference why it went down. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, playing without DJ means you had to take more tougher shots from three. Tougher off the dribble, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the late shot clock um, attempts. Is is that a correct assumption?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, at the end of the day, like you know, I was taking shots that, um, you know, like the scouting report was on me. <laughs> you know, to yep. be honest, like you know, uh, you know, I respect my my teammates, but like you know, the scouting report was on me, and you know, it was just it was just tough, like you know, coming off. You know, coming off screens, knowing the big you know, basically like a double team and you know, late in the shot clock, just mm-hmm. taking a tough shots, like a fadeaway three. And um, you know, it was just it was just much harder shots than my sophomore year. You know, my sophomore year I was a little more spot up shooting. Yep. Than um, you know, just kinda like just relax in the corner and then just lift and then they will hit me and, you know, I shoot. And um like I said, you know, my sophomore year, my freshman to my sophomore year, like people didn't expect, you know, I would. You know, I would do what I did my sophomore year. You know, yeah. like if I would if I would shoot, if I would score. Like you know, they didn't know the this report for real. You know, but my junior year, you know, they did a good job on that. And you're
0: the, you're the top. I, guy
1: yeah, exactly. Like like I was number one, so you know, I was taking I was taking tough shots.
0: Yeah, and I think that the role that you played your sophomore year mm-hmm. would be more similar to the role you'll play on an NBA team. Mm-hmm. You won't be the guy that's. Taking the end of the shot clock, yeah, yeah. you know, bombs—I like to call them. Probably mm-hmm. not the best term in this in the world that we live in right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely feel like you're a much better shooter than the numbers indicated mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. So right now, what are you working on, preparing for this this next opportunity?
1: Um, I'm just, um, you know, sharpening my skills. You know, um, you know, keep, keep keeping my uh, ball handling a little bit more tight. Um, you know, be, even making better decisions coming off ball screens. You know, I'm even studying more than that because I feel like, you know, you can always improve on something. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely working on my range. Um, you know, because you know, from uh, you know, car sleep online line to my three to the NBA three point line. You know, it's a big adjustment. So. Um, you know, I'm working on my range, um, you know, I'm working, coming off ball screens and shooting and, you know, I'm working on, I feel like I'm working on more on game situation stuff, like, you know, uh, you know, just taking tougher shots. So, you know, the easy shots can, you know, be as easy as they can be. And, um, yeah, that's basically it, man. So I watched you work
0: out with Penny yesterday Mm -hmm. and, uh, Penny had you guys taking some tough shots. Yeah. And I saw that. Every time, like, you took a long two, they they're on you in yeah. sheet. Long yeah. two, long yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think the average person realizes how much of an adjustment it is mm-hmm. from the college three-point line to the NBA three-point yeah. line. Yeah. And and guys are expected to, like, master it in a sense yeah. in a summer because mm-hmm. when you go to workouts, you're going to shoot exactly. NBA threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, that was very interesting to me because, again, it was some tough shots. yeah. Right, before I get into the next round of questions, I want to talk to you about BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including updates on the basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. Once again, shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It gives you nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and it is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so, how does it feel to work with Penny? Like, what what is the one thing that you feel like you learned or gained from working with Penny?
1: Um, no, he told me, you know, the speed and the, you know, and the, you know, mind uh, games in the actual court. Um, you know, he taught me. He told me that, you know, the speed is something he had to get used to. You know, uh, you know, getting a little bit more strong from the college level to the uh, uh, NBA level. So, you know, I'm trying to just read on, you know, certain stuff they tell me on the court, like, you know, changing speeds, you know, getting lower to attack, you know, the big player's hip. And, you know, it's just a blessing, man. It's just a blessing. You know, I'm really thankful that I'm, you know, getting taught by one of the best players in the NBA, or, you know, that was one of the best players in the NBA. And if not, you know, the best player in Memphis. So, you know, I'm just thankful. Um, you know, just learn something from everything from uh, all of them. You're soaking it in.
0: Yeah, I think Penny has a very unique perspective because mm-hmm. obviously he was a star in college. Yeah. He was a star in the NBA, but mm-hmm. now he's coming back as a college mm-hmm. coach. So mm-hmm. he sees the game from yeah. the player to the coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, just listening to him, I, I feel like I learned
1: yeah. something. Yeah.
0: I, as far as like changing speeds, I think that's one of the things that, that you do well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mentioned, like you're kind of sneaky athletic yeah. because it's not – you know like there's some guys their game is just purely based off blow by speed mm-hmm. and I always feel like you're you're under controls because you you do change speeds. Mm-hmm. Is there a player in the NBA that you feel like your game is similar to?
1: I have um, one in mind. I'm I you yours got first. one in mind. Who is it?
0: I I hear yours. No, no, nah,
1: nah, who is it? Who is it? You got to tell me who is it. CJ. Uh, CJ? CJ, C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum. Yeah, he CJ changes is. speeds.
0: He changes speeds. Mm-hmm. He's got the mid-range pull-up. Yeah. Yeah. Some people see him as a, a combo more mm-hmm. than a point, mm-hmm. but he's proved in New Orleans when he had the opportunity to play point mm-hmm. that he can play point. Okay He's a, a bucket, mm-hmm. and I think that the way that he plays, he should be able to play at that level for a long time because mm-hmm. it is not based off of yeah you know it's more so based off of craft
1: mm-hmm.
0: and creativity than just pure athleticism. Mm-hmm. And so that was I, I see some similarities there.
1: Okay, okay. Well, for me, for me, I got um, I got three players in mind. So I got uh, uh, Dejounte Murray. Okay. Dejounte Murray. So that means uh, you got
0: to average like twenty-eight and eight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, he uh, you know he's tough. He's tough, but like you know, people notice like at the pace he plays. Mm-hmm. He plays in a really good pace. He plays his own time. You know, on yeah. own pace. And uh, he doesn't let anybody speed him up. And, you know, that's one of the things I had to really work on. And I feel like my game is like that. You know, I don't let a lot of people speed me up. You know, I play on my own pace. Um, I would say Reggie Jackson. Uh, okay. You know, Reggie Jackson, you know, crafty uh, guard. Can shoot the ball, can blow by people. And, um, you know, he just, he can change speeds too. Like, yep. you know, I feel like he can go slow to fast, fast to slow. Uh, you know, hesitate and go, you know, and then attacking the big is really, you know, run as a strength, so. And I feel like that's one of my strengths too. Um and I don't feel I'm out of my game after Damon Lillard.
0: I'm a I'm a like, big Blazers fan. Yeah,
1: so I like I like how, you know, I watch a lot of film on damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to I try to uh, watch everything he does, you know, I a lot of film on him. Um, you know, once he comes off the screen just reading, you know, attacking, pulling up, uh, you know, just blowing by the bigs, you know, making decisions for others and you know, I feel like you know, I really wanna, I really wanna continue my my game after him.
0: So you really consider yourself a point, not a combo. Um, I w-
1: I can I can switch it up, man. I would I say a combo. You know, okay. I would switch it up, but I like, you know, I like I like creating for others. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, if my time, if my time is to be a car, you know, two, you know, going back and forth, but more of a two and one. Like man, I would do it. Gotcha. You know, it's uh. You know, I can I can switch it up. I can switch it up, and it doesn't matter. I just want to win too. You know, I just want to do anything, anything for a team to win, and you know, again, get, get into the uh, you know next level in the playoff because that's all I want to do in college. You know, I want to get to the NCAA tournament. but unfortunately I couldn't, but um, you know, that's all I want to do, win.
0: It kind of leads into my next question. Mm-hmm. I'm the owner of an NBA team. Mm-hmm. Why why should I select you over? All the guys that are that are in the draft, what, because, what do you bring to the table? Because
1: I'm gonna bring the energy, I'm gonna bring the toughness, and I'm gonna bring whatever it takes. Like I told you to win, you know that's something that's something I die for. You know I'm am a winner, man. I'm a winner. You know I hate losing. Um, you know I, I feel like I would do I would do anything, man. You know if y'all need me down on the floor, dive on the floor, I would dive on the floor. If y'all need me take get ten rebounds, I would get ten rebounds. And you know like I told you, I would just do anything for a team to win. And Inside them lanes, man, the lines. You know, I'm a, I'm a different dude. You know, I'm i a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, seem like a nice guy outside the court, but um, you know, inside inside them lines, you know, it's a different, it's a different mentality for me. Um, you know, I will hustle, play defense, you know, do whatever it takes.
0: Yeah, and I imagine a lot of that comes from probably your background in Panama, yeah. especially mm-hmm. coming to the states. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: 'Cause I had to I had to prove yourself. Yeah, I had to yeah. prove myself a lot, you know. basically my first year was, you know, was really tough. Um, you know, like uh, you know, a kid from Panama and, you know, that barely spoke English. You know, it was just it was just a it was just a hard transition and you know, I just all I had to do was just play as hard as I could, you know, harder than my other uh teammates. So, you know, fortunately, you know, I got the you know, the starting spot because I didn't start. And, um, you know, probably like by the middle of the season, you know, I started because you know I kept going, I kept putting in the work, you know I was you know, I was just I was restless, man, you know, I was just doing going every day, every day, getting extra shots, um watching film since i was since I was fifteen.
0: so you really had to make up for a lot of time because your peers had a ball in their hands since mm-hmm. they were six or seven, exactly. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go, and built bars are the perfect snack to take on your family vacations. You can throw them in your bags, you can put them in your kids' backpacks. But make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. And the best part about built bars is that they are healthy and delicious. So there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health. And with built bar, you can actually have both. It is easy. All you have to do is go to built.com order now and all the built bars and the puffs are covered with 100% real chocolate that means with built bar you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it now have you tried the puffs if you haven't i think you're going to enjoy the puffs they come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro and who does not want a protein bar that tastes like a churro and they're only 140 calories. So if that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the mix box, which comes with 12 different flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure there is something for everyone. And you know what my favorite flavor is? It is the white chocolate cookies and cream. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now, if you compare that to a candy bar which is usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com to get all your favorites, whether it's banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. There's so many delicious delicious flavors that are coming out all the time. So check them out at Built.com. And if you go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off at Built.com. Tell me about this transition from Panama to the US. I've lived overseas before.
1: But So you so you so you so you know how it is. I, I
0: know it, but I don't because <laughs> yeah. I've never had to learn another language. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. you know, in the basketball world, no matter where you're playing at, people are speaking Same. English. Yeah. So yeah. I've never had to fully immerse myself mm-hmm. in a culture mm-hmm. where I had to learn a new language. Mm-hmm. I can get by. Mm-hmm. So I understand it from one point, but not my that point. point. Yeah. But then like living in Europe I understood that your story is not all that unique because like for example Luka Doncic is from Slovenia mm-hmm. and he had to move to Real Madrid mm-hmm. around the same age and he mm-hmm. said he had to learn Spanish and then he also had to learn English. Yeah. So you see a lot of players from different countries mm-hmm. at Teen, when they're teenagers, move into other countries for basketball purposes. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that that adjustment when you first got, because you you went straight to California. What California,
1: park? uh, Oaks, um, West Westlake Village. That, that's LA. that's like that's that's not L. A. That's not like the city downtown, but like that's like let's say like twenty some minutes from downtown. That's yep. like that's like on the nice nice little area. Yep. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I used to live in L. A. for a little
0: bit. Yeah. So how was that
1: adjustment? Um, it was, it was a big sacrifice, man. Um, You know, a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people don't know, but, um, you know, Panama is not a, well, I wouldn't say there's no future in Panama. You know, the United States just provides a lot more opportunity to come out here, you know, make a living out of basketball. And the education out here is way better than, you know, in Panama. So I feel like my transition was, it was tough, man, because, you know, I I didn't, I barely spoke English. Um, I always had to walk with a translator in my hand because I didn't know how to, you know, express myself as mm-hmm. well as in Spanish. So, um, but the school, the school, like, you know, did a good job of supporting me, you know, giving me tutor sessions, uh, you know, helping me with my school work. Um, you know, like I told you, I feel like a lot of, a lot of the stuff outside the court reflects what you are inside the court. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a, you know if you're you know relentless worker like if you you know if you do your academics if you uh focus on your academics and you try real hard to have your grades it's going to reflect in the court that's yeah. what i feel like so um you know how you do anything is how you do everything that's what i feel
0: the the thing that really stands out to me is that your english is very good you're very very well spoken and that's amazing to me considering that it's not your first language.
1: Yeah, appreciate it.
0: And um, thank you. Yeah, like I've always wanted to learn another language. I just don't have <laughs> the. I just don't have it in me to take the time to learn it. Mm-hmm. And I spent this entire season in Europe, but I was going from different country to different mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't learn a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in Turkey for 10 months straight, mm-hmm. and I can only say like three words. Damn. Wow. So I think as an American, we get kind of lazy because mm-hmm. English is like the. The, the main
1: basically main language, number one yep. yeah, Especially
0: yep. in sports. Yep. Now was the Spanish different?
1: Um people say people say um Spanish is not a I feel like English is a harder language to learn. Ah. Yeah, it's definitely a harder language to learn. So um for Spanish, I wouldn't say with sports, like Spanish is not it's not really a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it's really English because everybody knows how to speak English. Mm-hmm. So I'm, um, you know, it's just I feel like it's just saying countries that you know that really speak Spanish well, then I can understand them.
0: Because I know there's like different versions of <clears throat> Spanish. There's like Spanglish, yeah, yeah, There's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah Spanish yeah. and Spain. Even when yeah, I was yeah, Spanish, Spanish in Spain. Spanish
1: and Spain is really different from ours. Yep. Um, you know, people from uh, you know we just got different dialects. Dialogue, like, it's yeah. like it's like it's uh, like you know Americans talking to uh, Canadians. Like you know we got different slangs. We have different. Uh, we had different ways to say a word. You yeah.
0: know? And tone and reflection and tone. Yeah. Can, yeah. Mm-hmm. can really change how a person um, feels about the same thing that, that yeah, you said. Yeah. I, I, just from my experiences living mm-hmm. in other countries, mm-hmm. a person can come off very, very rude, but yeah, it's yeah. just their tone and inflection Exactly. is, is totally different. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's a typical day like for you since you've been preparing for the draft?
1: So, <laughs> um, you know, I wake up wake up look around so today, this is what I did today. I woke up around eight fifteen, got ready, left the hotel at eight forty five and came out here, you know, got some exercise before the workout. Um got some exercise yeah, got some exercise with my uncle before he left back to San Diego. Um and then the workout started at ten mm-hmm. with Penny, uh, Rashid, and uh, you know other coaches and you know we started working out. We worked out for like an hour and a half then um, you know after that I go I usually go back to the hotel get some meat and after getting some eat I would just rest and then I will go lift at 2:30 and then from 230 to like four yeah 2:30 to four and then after that I'll go back to the hotel you know get some rest you know if I gotta do homework I still do homework because I'm still in school you know I'm still okay. finishing with my school um, go back go back to the hotel do homework and then at six I will go again. With Abansi Wilson Rasheed, mm-hmm. and um, then after that, you know, I just got the knife for myself because we usually go for like an hour fifteen at night.
0: Yeah, so you don't finish. I was there what a couple of days ago. You guys don't finish till you probably don't get back to your room until what 8:30, eight
1: thirty like eight eight thirty eight.
0: Long, long day. Yes, and the fact that you're still in school makes it mm. even
1: yeah longer. Yes. So
0: I. Right, Here's a, a funny story. Yeah. I'm from Nebraska. Okay. Born and raised. All right. Right. I went to college in Mississippi. Okay. I went to Jackson State.
1: Okay. So right.
0: it was an adjustment for me. Yeah. Coming in from the United States as an American.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: How was that adjustment going from California to
1: Mississippi? Oh, man. And it At was... least I was
0: in Jackson. So I was in like, yeah. it wasn't a, a college town in a sense. Exactly. I was in like the biggest city. Exactly. How was that?
1: It was it was a big adjustment. It was a really big adjustment because you know I come from the city. I always come from the city. You know, Panama City, San Diego, California. You know, it's it's just it's just a whole different vibe. Like you know, the language. I feel like they got they speak they another, got a whole. They dialect. got their own. They got their own dialect. Yeah. And I had a hard time. I had a hard time. My, like my first month trying to understand people. <laughs> Me too. And especially we- especially because I come from Panama too. So I was really just. You know, kind of used to basic English. Like yeah. their English is really country. They don't finish up their words. You know, they'd be really slow, low with it. Yeah, yeah. And um, in the area too. Um, you know, it was it was a big school, but um, you know, there was not a lot of stuff to do out there. We just got two Walmart. We don't have a mall. so. That's
0: I've been to um, Starkfield once. Yeah, I tell you, like one of the first things, and maybe it's different. Yeah. One of the first things when you're talking about they just kind of cut off the word, and I'm not mm-hmm. bashing Mississippi, mm-hmm. they say, Man, we going to the calf.
1: To the calf, yeah. To like a calf. the
0: calf, they don't say cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't find a park. Like a, a park. park. Can't find a parking
1: spot. Yeah, a parking spot.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was some other words. I, I haven't been. Car,
1: they say car different, they say laundry different. Yeah. Car, laundry. Yeah. Oh, man, it's just, it's, 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 it's a lot. It's
0: a lot. I, Man, those were the best. I was in school five years. I was mm-hmm. a super senior. But those were like the best five years of my life. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed my time in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. The people there are very accommodating.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: it's like mm-hmm. there were times where it was a holiday, but it was too short of a holiday for me to go home. People always invited me to their house
1: for mm-hmm. holidays. Mm-hmm. And, and The so hospitality is like really Yeah, they, really the hospita- so, I mean, Yeah,
0: the hospitality. I mean, Southern hospitality, that's when I realized like, it is. It is 100 percent legit. So mm. what, what's your major in school?
1: Business administration.
0: Man, I'm still just kind of impressed by the fact that you're still going to school. You know, there are <laughs> players yeah. and it's not a knock on them. As soon as second semester hits, they're so, not going to yeah, class yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. as soon as that last <laughs> that last college game ends, their mind yeah, is so yeah. focused on being a pro, mm-hmm. they're done. Which on one hand, I've heard people say, like, all right, now you're trying to be a pro. Now you are a pro. You need to work at it. Mm-hmm. But I feel that, I mean, I just think that it's, it shows a lot about who you are, that you're trying to juggle both. Because it's a full day preparing for the draft. This is mm-hmm. the biggest interview of your life. Yo. Yeah. And you're still, you know, working on, on, on your homework. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to me, that just... That that's tough to try to be, yeah, try yeah, to try to yeah. juggle two things because yeah. you're gonna make more money as a basketball player than, yeah, yeah. than the most people will with their with with their degree. So that mm-hmm. speaks a lot about your character. Mm-hmm. When you make it to the NBA, what is that going to mean <clears throat> to you, your family, and your country?
1: So, for my country, you know, I feel like that's really one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things that you know that we'll ever encounter because I don't feel like there's I don't think there hasn't been any hybrid Panamanian to being drafted in in the NBA draft. Like hybrid, I mean, like you know, like born and raised, like um, not not Pan Americans or you know, not that you know they were born in Panama but they were raised in the states. You know, we have people like that, but Mm -hmm. not like you know, born and raised that people know that played in the national team when they were uh, you know young or play you know play like intercollegiate you know basketball. Mm -hmm. In between, in between the nation or not the nation but like you know the country and um I feel like it's gonna be really big for Panama um you know people are gonna be happy you know one of the you know seeing one of the Panamanians you know make it to the big leagues mm-hmm. and for my family for me um it's gonna be a dream you know I always told my parents that I always want to play in the NBA like you know that I always saw me watching uh videos since I was a kid videos mm-hmm. of uh you know LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. When I was 12, 11, so um, it's gonna be a huge, a huge, uh, a huge opportunity for me. A huge opportunity for me to challenge myself. Uh, you know, to prove people wrong, and you know, just to show people what I can do on and off the court. And you um, know, I'm just, I'm just ready. Man. I'm just ready. Are you
0: doing anything with the national team? Do you have any national team duties?
1: Um, there's supposed to be one in June. Mm-hmm. um you know the middle of June so um probably probably after draft day you know we'll go and uh you know play for them and because it's like it's at a window of you know two to three days so it's yeah. not it's not a long window and um you know I would definitely love to represent my country um, yeah and last time I represented them was like 2018 20, 2017 to 2018. you went the Uruguay and we played Uruguay, we played uh, the United States. We played, uh, I think, and we did play Argentina as well. So, um, you know, I'm excited. Which, know, event that that? I'm... Hmm? Which event was that? Which uh, event was that? It was a uh, Central Central American Cup or something. Okay,
0: was it? It wasn't like was it a FIBA U18s or you No, nah, it was
1: it was the older dudes, like the, okay. nation, the oh, okay. national, the big national team, the big national team. Yeah, I was, I started playing with them since I was like 16, 17. Okay, and, oh, um, you you didn't do the juniors. I did, I did the juniors, um, you know, but I was, what, 14? I was 14, 13. And
0: All right, man. Well, thanks for coming yes, on, man. Uh, I really you. appreciate thank it, you, man. man. I, I left this interview mm-hmm. really impressed. I feel like I, I got a chance to, to know you a little bit more outside of, mm-hmm. you know, what I've read and what I've watched. Yeah. Um, your story is definitely unique coming from a different country, having to learn a new language, mm-hmm. having to catch up. And I mean, basketball, I imagine, is, is totally different. Yeah. And then here you are. You know, you're, you're in position to live out your dreams. So, mm-hmm. man, I'm, I'm
1: rooting for you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. For All
0: right. That's Rafael Barlow. That's Iris Simolinar. And we're out. It's- All right. Once again, thank you, Iris and Molinar, for taking time out of your crazy, busy schedule with multiple workouts and school. So thank you for coming on the Big Board, the NBA Big Board podcast. Now, thank you for making the NBA Big Board Podcast, your first listen of the day. Now, for your second or even your third listen, check out the Locked on NBA Podcast. From the first jump ball of the player tournament to the last possession of the NBA Finals, the Locked on experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow. Thank you so much. I know I keep thanking you, but I really, really appreciate the audience and the fact that I am living a dream that 15-year-old Raphael would be so jealous of. So thank you again. All right. With that being said, shout out to Alan I. All right. With that- All right. With that being said, shout out to Iverson Molinar. Shout out to the staff at ISE, Penny Hardaway, Rasheed Wallace, everybody that welcomed me around Memphis this weekend as I gathered content. Shout out to Michael Foster Jr. who came on yesterday. Thank you so much. And I am out.